Hello and welcome to episode 16 of uh, Meenal's World. I apologize I've been away for well, the last 10 days. Um, I just needed some time to sort of process what was happening in the world. Uh, we've seen what's happened in, in the US and I think that made me reflect quite a lot on what happened in our own countries, in the UK, uh, in India. And even around the world, I have so much to learn, so much to understand. Um, we, we've seen the, the rage and anger that led these communities to, to protest in such a way. Uh, and I, 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 I fully stand with them. You know, we're in a time where there's so much injustice happening in the world. It's a shame that it's taken a pandemic for us to see from a medical point of view, but also it's taken a, an innocent black man to die again in the U.S., for, for people to to fight for, for their rights. And I just read a couple of minutes ago that they, they say it's probably one of the biggest civil rights movement uh, movements in history uh, with all the protests happening around the world uh, after the death of George Floyd. Um, I just hope everybody realizes that we're living in a very important time uh, in, in this century. And this is something that will go down in our history books, um, our kids will learn about it, our grandchildren will learn about it. And I just really hope everyone has taken the time to introspect and to understand the role they play in their society. Um, I'll, I'll just give you an example, you know, when this pandemic hit and I was worried about all the, the labor workers in India. And obviously there's only so much I can do living here in, in the UK, but one thing I did was I, I read a lot about the systems that that caused them to, to suffer. I let I read about the systems that allowed them to be the ones who suffer first, and then those in power to suffer last. And that's all I can do right now, which is really educate myself, because with it with with this education comes comes some power. Uh, and with that knowledge, you can actually work on creating some change, no matter in which part of the world you are. And now with my legal challenge with the government, I've had to spend so many late nights researching papers and, and understanding the whole history behind the, the system uh, that, is, that, is, that, that we have in, in Britain. And you realise that the decisions that are being made now the people running the country now isn't what's causing the problems, actually. It's just years and decades and centuries of, of power being placed in the wrong hands. And it almost feels like the system is built so that they win and then we end up being the losers at the end of the day because, well, we only have a certain amount of money as individuals. We only have a certain amount of, of time, really, to fight these people. Um, and they know that. They know exactly exactly what sort of uh, resources we have and that's been a big eye-opener for me um, that we're fighting against a system whether you're in the US you're in India in, in the UK or anywhere in the world you're fighting against a system that's built so that they win and I'm going to make sure that we, we break that uh, that chain of thought and we try and show them that actually they won't always win um, we have a voice and we, we can speak up. And I, I really underestimated the voice of one one woman. Uh, and uh, I really underestimated the voice of even one community. 
and I'm really feeling so grateful that this has given me a time to reflect and read up on everything and uh, I, I really suggest that all, all the listeners tuning in do the same thing and the podcast today is um, is not much it hasn't got anything to do with uh, the movements that we're seeing across the world but what it does have to do with is uh, representation um, in, a, in an industry in, in an environment where we don't really see many South Asian women and Armana is a, is a runner and she's done an incredible amount of work uh, to represent South Asian women in, in this community and she's, she's achieved a lot of things that we'll, we'll, we talk about in the episode and she understands the importance of being a brown woman in front of a magazine cover or even on TV. She understands that, that role that she plays in inspiring other young women um, and that responsibility as well. Um, and I think that's a really important takeaway from this conversation is that we, we all have a responsibility in some way or another um, to, to lead the way and, and, you know, sort of blaze a trail for, for the people behind us. Um, and I'm getting breathless just even doing this intro. This pregnancy is really getting, <laughs> really getting to me now. Um, but uh, Armana is such a lovely lady. I, I had such a nice chat with her because we, we talk about sacrifice and then I got a, I got a whole new sort of dimension on sacrifice. And we speak about how the term sacrifice actually even diminishes what we're doing because is it really sacrifice if it's something you love to do is, is it really a sacrifice to wake up at 6 a.m and and do your five mile run or your 10 mile run if event if essentially that's what you need to do to achieve your goals so we talk a lot about that and um i, I really hope you enjoy this episode and i really hope it helps you get on a treadmill and run because armana talks about all the cultural barriers all the uh, the other different types of barriers that women face in running and she actually comes up with really practical solutions as well so I hope it helps you uh, if you're listening in and um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show Armana it's, it's so lovely to to speak to you but I, I really wish we could actually do this in person because well we're in lockdown now so this is the only way we can do it. <laughs> I know. Thank you for having me. It's a shame we can't meet in person, but um, we are on Zoom at the same time. So I guess that will have to do for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Armana, you're, I mean, you you will talk about it as we, we go along, but obviously you're a runner um, and you, you, you've been training every day from what, I mean, I, I, have, I wouldn't like to say I've been stalking you, but I've been following you on Instagram. I've been seeing what you've been up to. You've been training. You've been training hard as well. Um, how how have you been finding the lockdown over the last few months? Yeah, I've been training hard during lockdown. Um, I think lockdown's been a bit of a funny period for everyone. Um, I work full time as well, so I'm now working from home. So that's a big change. Um, but in terms of my training, it's actually been super good for my training. Um, just as we went into lockdown, I decided to move coaches so with no races planned, it's actually been the perfect opportunity to get to know a new coach and learn to work together. So that's been really positive. Um, I think we all have a few extra hours in the day now. So I've been sleeping more and making more time for like foam rolling, stretching, all of those things that we never normally have time for. So 
lockdown has been challenging, but I think for my running, it's actually been really good. So, Armana, what do you, what do you do for work? Um, so I'm actually an accountant. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, most people don't know this, but I'm actually an accountant. I specialize in um, tax, corporate tax. So I oh, do that no, full time. Oh no, you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. <laughs> I promise. Um, so yeah, I work full time, and then I Instagram and all of that sort of stuff on the side. So mm-hmm, it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's normally super busy, but it's fun. So do you, do you work in the city then? Um, so I used to work at Ernest & Young and I now work for an events company. So a bit of a challenging okay. time for an events company, yeah. but I'm actually based in West London. So not in busy central London, yeah. which is actually quite nice. So Armana, when, when, you know, our, our prime minister announced lockdown, uh, a lot of, a lot of people worried about their jobs, uh, job security and all that. Did, did you have the same concerns at that time or? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially working for an events company, obviously mass gatherings, um, people travel to our events. So it is obviously a difficult time. We've had actually had a reduction in hours. So I work 20% less hours now um, as a result of COVID. So I think it's just, um, we just have to see what happens in the next few months. But I guess we're all in the same boat. So I try not to worry too much about it. Um, mm. and focus on what I can control because a lot of it is out of our control. Yeah, but but surely, I mean, I've, I've spoken to lots of people on the podcast and I mean, I, I would have said the same answer as you, like, you know, we just have to have faith and keep going. But I have bad days too. And I think a lot of us have where we're just like, when is this going to end? I want to meet my family. I want to meet my friends. I want to just have a bit of, you know, like normality back back into life. And have you have you felt any of that at all yeah definitely there has been days where obviously everything that's going on becomes a bit overwhelming but I do generally even before COVID just try and keep positive about a lot of things and it has impacted my life for sure um but I try and focus like I say on the positives I was meant to be um buying a flat but obviously as a result of COVID I've pulled out of that and rather than getting too obsessed about it I've just thought I'm sure it'll bring new opportunities hopefully Mm. when we come out of lockdown so I think you have to try your best to keep positive about it and and does does running running really help you sort of reframe everything in your head and have that perspective yeah definitely I think running is like one of the only constants in life for me I guess because running's been there since I started running when I was about 11 so I've always ran and it's always like kind of been there when I've been really happy and I can go out for a run and celebrate it. And equally, when I've had bad times in life, I can still go out for a run. And I think during the whole lockdown, it's been really great to still be able to go out for a run and focus just on that. And I always find running is that one hour a day or half an hour a day, whatever it is, where I kind of forget about everything else that's going on and just focus on doing something for me and it's been nice during lockdown not to Hmm. to spend a little bit of time not worrying yeah well Armana you know I was talking to my husband the other day and I was asked I was we were just talking about a lot of you know these successful people we we look up to and a lot of their stories are based on how they actually it's, it's all a mental battle really you know like waking up every day and getting everything done off your your checklist um and one one common thing that we found in every in all of them was that in one form or another, they meditate and they actually find this deep connection within within themselves um, that allows them to work at such a high, like operate at such a high level. 
Um, and I, I tell my husband that, I mean, I can't, I'm not very good at just sitting down in silence. I'm not very good at it. But pre-pregnancy, I was very good at, you know, exercising. And for me, that was like my meditation. Um, do you do you feel like it, it, it gives you the same sort of uh, outcome? Yeah, definitely. And actually, it's so interesting that you say that because I was reading something recently that said running is almost like meditating. You kind of go into that zone. And when I think about kind of what goes on in my mind when I'm running, I definitely think it's a form of meditation because when you're meditating, you kind of zone out and you're quite Mm. calm and relaxed. And when I'm running, I do zone out and I just honestly switch off from the world and it's when I'm calm. So I do think running for me is actually just a form of meditation. And there's been a lot of studies to say that running can be like a form of meditation. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really interesting what you say. I definitely yeah. agree. Because obviously my, my quest uh, my quest now is to, to find out how I can operate at, at a high level. Because, you know, we what, what I'm trying to do with, with the podcast and everything else I do is sort of achieve something great that will help society or our communities in, in a certain way. But to do that, I have to be operating at a certain level. And I think I think when I used to run and when I used to play table tennis as well, one thing that helped me a lot was like just listening to my own breathing when I was running as well. And that really helped me. But there, there have been days, Armana, where I'm running and I just go into like a black hole of thoughts. <laughs> and that's that's really difficult to get out of. Um, but I, 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 I've read a lot of studies as well about how running can be not a replacement, but an alternative to meditation as well. And I think I think a lot of people need to understand as well that, you know, meditation means to focus your mind. And it can be done, I guess, in any way, whether it's running or, or sitting down in, in silence, something I'm not very good at. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't sit in silence either. But I do think you're right in that. To operate at a high level, you do need to invest some time in yourself and for me I invest that time by going for a run and clearing my mind I think it definitely helps me operate and pre-lockdown I used to always run in the morning and I found that when I went to work I was always super efficient at work because Mm. I'd been for that run and actually Friday is always my rest day maybe I shouldn't say this my boss might tell me off but I would find I was always slightly less productive on a Friday because I hadn't been for that run so Mm. I do think it's important to invest time to then get the rewards later Mm. because you do you do have a lot going on around I mean lockdown no lockdown you you're running you're you're competing you're obviously working with on Instagram with lots of brands and everything and you're trying to build your profile and you work as an accountant as well um how do you deal with it's funny Armana because I haven't even looked at my list of questions yet I'm just like (laughs) going straight in with all of these things that are coming to me as as we speak um my my question is that that I'm sure there are days where you wake up in the morning and you're just like I just I just can't and I've, I've had days Armana I'm not kidding where I've had my running gear on I've walked out the door and then like five meters down the road I've just turned around and come back home and said no I can't do it today no you need to remember that that post run high and when you finish a run you always feel great and Mm. so when I don't want to run especially in the morning I hate getting out of bed I just want to stay in bed Mm. and someone to bring me coffee in bed but I always get out of bed because I think okay, this is going to be a struggle for the next 15 minutes, but it's going to be so worth it. And I also find, obviously it's slightly different now because there's no races booked in, but 
previously when I had a race booked in, I would always wake up, not want to get out of bed, think about my goal and then get out of bed. So Mm. yeah, some days are a struggle, but I always just try and keep motivated with the long-term goal. Mm. So I I started running when I was in Gibraltar. So, you know, I used to... It sounds like a dream now. I mean, it seems so far from reality, but I used to run along the beach, along the Mediterranean Sea. And that was, I mean, who would That is a dream. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, and I took it for granted when I used to do that. I used to run before school. I remember doing my A-levels. And my mom would wake me up at six. Um, I'd do my 10K or, t- you know, my long distance run and then go to school. And I'd want to do it because I knew that I would be going out to something where I was feeling the sun on my skin I was smelling the ocean and that was in itself very relaxing and and very peaceful. And that helped me with my studies as well. It helped me quite a lot, actually. But then I moved to Prague in Czech Republic and I went from like 20 degrees, 30 degrees to minus, minus 15, minus 20. And that's when I realized that actually the motivation was so low because running in the cold weather, for me at least, is just like absolutely horrible. And my brother is a triathlete, so he used to cycle. He did he did Ironman and everything. So he he's he's dealt with the British weather as well. And in fact, he hated it so much he ended up moving to California because he's like, I can't I can't deal with this. So do you feel a difference in like your running mentality between summer and winter? Do you see these seasonal changes? Yeah, definitely. And I think it actually really affects your mood. So last year I trained for the London Marathon, which was in April. So all of my training run runs were done in the dark, basically, because oh. It doesn't get light until about 7.30 in the morning. And then I also did New York, which was at the beginning of November. So all of my training runs in the morning were in the sunshine, in the light. Okay, it wasn't always sunny. It's the UK. Um, But I found it a lot, lot easier to train for New York running in the the light. It was much nicer, for sure. Mm. But when I was training for London... I my routes were a lot boring. I used to just run on the main road, kind of an out and back route in the morning because it wasn't as safe to go down side roads. Um, and I wanted to not go through any parks, obviously, when it's dark. So it is easier to train when there is nicer weather, especially if you're running next to a beach. That yeah. is the dream. <laughs> but I think, again, it just comes down to motivation. And I think running and sports, it's not for everyone and I think if running isn't for you, then you find what suits you. So it might be a HIIT workout or yoga, whatever it is. But as long as you enjoy what you're doing and you're moving, you'll be motivated to get out and do it. Mm. I think if you've experienced that that high enough, you realise you realize how important it actually is to get you going going through the day. Um, and and I've, I appreciate that a lot more now, Ramana, because obviously my pregnancy, I'm very limited to what I can do now. Um, and even for me, just going for a walk is like a success. I'm like, yes, I made it. <laughs> I'm getting so heavy now. It's like even going for a walk is 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 a success in itself. Oh, but, bless you. Um, so, Armana, what what's happened now in the last few months with your races? Because I'm sure, like now it's running season, right? So, what what's been happening? Lots, lots has been happening. <laughs> lots has been cancelled. Yeah. Um, so, I was originally meant to do the speed project, which was scheduled for the twenty. 20- 20th of March um, and I was flying out to LA for that a couple of days before um, and I was really excited for that so for those that don't know what the speed project is it's an unsanctioned relay that goes from Santa Monica Pier to the Las Vegas sign it's roughly um, 500 kilometers 360 miles there's no route 
um, you have a team. So we had a team of six girls that were going out. We were sponsored by Under Armour and you basically get an RV van. We had two guys come in to drive the van and you just run from point A to point B. It takes about a day and a half to two days. So you run through the night, through the desert heat. Um, Yeah, at night there's snakes, spiders, everything. And you end in the Las Vegas sign-in meant to have a big party in, in Vegas, but that was actually cancelled the week before. Um, unfortunately, as Corona developed, and then obviously um, we actually couldn't then enter the US on the dates that we were meant to be there anyway. So that was cancelled, which was obviously hugely disappointing because um, that would be the first time that I've run over a marathon distance because it averages at about two marathons over two days. Mm. but depends on what happens with the team. Um, It's all very unknown. Um, Then I had Berlin scheduled for September, and that was my big aim of the year. Um, Berlin's a super flat course. It's a super fast course. So I really wanted to achieve my aim in Berlin, which was to run a sub three-hour marathon. I currently, in New York, I ran 3.09 on a really hilly course. So Berlin was, yeah, the ultimate aim for me and that's recently been cancelled as well um because gathering mass gatherings aren't happening in Germany until at the moment October um but who knows when so, so has it been re- has it been rescheduled at all or no it's not been rescheduled mm. yet so don't really know what's happening with that that's all up in the air so yeah lots has been going on <laughs> I was I was just looking um on on online actually Armana because you you talk about the the event in March that you had right and just last it was last week, there's a documentary on Netflix called Losers. Have you have you heard of it? Have you watched it? No, but I no, feel like I might like the sound of this. You have to. So um, it's about obviously. I mean, the title says Losers, but it talks about how people who have, I mean, athletes who have faced a struggle, um, how they've come out of it essentially, right? And the very first episode is about an Italian runner. I was just trying to find his name over here, but I can't find it now. But an Italian runner. Um, about 20 years ago, I don't know if this still exists, but there's a, a race in Morocco. It's like an ultra yeah. an ultra desert race that they have, and it runs for about a week or so. Um, and he was he went there with his friend to to run, and his wife was against it. He didn't. Nobody really wanted his family didn't want him to go because he had a young family, but he still did it anyway. And he said, like you know, this is this is my passion. This is what I want to do. He went there with his with his other friend, who's also a runner. And in that race, in that course, there was a massive, um, uh, a, a, like a, a, a sand a sand hurricane, which oh, meant no. that as he yeah, so which meant that as he was running, they had to stop and they had to find shelter and um, they had to figure out how to how to carry on. So this actually this the sand hurricane actually meant that it it destroyed all the the points of of the court race course. Oh, so his friend actually continued to run, but he he could he actually had to stay behind because he he couldn't continue, and this meant that he continued running, but he ran in a completely wrong direction. So he's in oh a my god! So he's in a Moroccan desert now. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I don't want to spoil it too much, but essentially, because I want you to watch this, I'm going to watch yeah. this. I'm going to write the name <laughs> down and watch it for sure. Yeah. So he's he's in this Moroccan desert and. He, he doesn't have any clue of his bearings. He's running out of food. Um, the the matchsticks that he has to light a, a flare up was 
basically useless because it just wasn't it wasn't creating a fire big enough. And then he ends up. Well, I'm not going to say what happens, but I just I was just thinking about that as you were talking. To about be continued. <laughs> to be continued. Yeah, I'll let you let you continue to watch it. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for you. But you know that kind of mentality that he had to just keep going. Uh, it's it's the kind of mentality that I think only, as I said, it's going back to what I was saying earlier about you have to tap t- at a certain level in your brain, you know, to have that perseverance and motivation to keep going. And do you think that you you've managed to develop that over time? Have have you has how do you feel your mentality has changed over the last well few years you've been running or however long? I feel like I've I've grown up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think I've always. I think I've always had that kind of determination and mental toughness. And actually, at university, my dissertation was on mental toughness and whether elite athletes have a higher level of mental toughness. Um, I found that they basically did. And I think it's that mental toughness that makes you kind of persevere and go through that. And I think when, for example, when I ran a marathon, the last six miles of a marathon are unknown, your body hurts. And actually, it is just a mind game. It's just one foot in front of the other and you kind of almost have to trick your mind into getting mm. to the end. And so I think I have always had that mental toughness um, and mental strength. But I think the more things that you go through, the more mentally tough you also become. So the mm. more marathons you run, the more you push yourself, the more you actually think, actually, I am capable of more. And then you just keep pushing yourself. And it's about testing the limits, really. You want to see how fast you can go, how fast you can go. Um, so, yeah, who knows how, when how, I'll stop. Can you, can, you practice, is there, can you practice mental toughness? Can you train your brain to, to reach that stage? Is there any sort of psychological exercises you do? Um, so there's not any psychological exercises I do. I would say one of the main things, though, is getting through those long, tough runs and getting through those sessions. Because sometimes I get sent a session from my coach and I think there's no way I can run that. And then you run it and you build your confidence. And that makes you mentally a little mm. bit stronger. So I think that helps. And I also over time have just developed tricks so for example if it's getting really tough I count to 100 because actually 100 takes you quite far it's Mm. a good couple of minutes of running and then that's a couple of minutes over and park run is 5k so whenever I have which is roughly just over three miles so if there's three miles left of a marathon I always tell myself it's just a park run. And for me, in my head, mm. a park run is really short. So yeah. it's just playing tricks on your brain, really. Mm. No, because I, I, I completely agree with you, Armand. I think one of the things that I used to as well would be, well, when I used to run in Gibraltar, especially, I like have the landmarks and say, okay, you're almost close to like, my, even though I wouldn't stop at McDonald's, but I'd say, okay, you're close to McDonald's, then you're close to the next restaurant and then you're home. Yeah. Um, it's just and, breaking things yeah, down. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I'm really interested in sports psychology, especially because creating, to, to be a great athlete or even just forget athlete, just generally in life, if you want to be and play any part in society, even if you want to be a great accountant, you know, you have to. I do. To, <laughs> I'm sure you probably are. You're the greatest accountant in West London, Romana. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's all about the reason people get to that stage is because they've taken steps to have that mental toughness um and they've taken those steps to to push themselves to the limit because you know Ramana I I talk about this all the time and maybe my listeners probably just fed up with me saying it but 
we we do live in a generation where we feel it's so easy to reach success where someone can turn on the telly and watch a watch yourself run a full marathon be like 42 kilometers yeah i can do it in like a few weeks but it's it's not that you know like the effort you've put in the years of work you've put in that's what that's what we don't see and this is why yeah, I, talk, I definitely agree and this is why i talk about it a lot because i'm like people need to actually understand what people go through to get to yeah your stage where you're aiming to run a marathon in three hours I mean that's just incredible it's not it's not easy and I know it's not because I know it would take me a good like five or six hours (laughs) post-pregnancy maybe like eight hours (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the barriers that people face and the sacrifices people make and I think we now live in a world of highlights you go on Instagram or any form of social media and you just see the end result and you don't see all of those sacrifices I don't and maybe I should maybe I'm wrong for doing it but I don't talk about that birthday party I missed or those drinks that I had to miss Mm. or the fact that I had to run from one thing to another and I actually I didn't have time to eat properly so I ate on the go or all of these different things that people don't see in your day-to-day life but Instagram and these things are just a highlight and you'll see oh she ran New York or oh she ran London but actually what do people do to get there and what support do they have behind them that also makes such a big difference Mm. you made a good point about sacrifice Armana and I think I'll I'll be very honest I think throughout lockdown I actually become lazier because like I've got Netflix in front of me I've got everything in front of me and you are also pregnant (laughs) I am yeah I keep forgetting that but um, I remember when I used to work uh, when I was working in the hospital it was because I had uh, a sort of prescription say okay you're gonna work at nine you finish at five so I had a bit more structured routine so I you know I got I think I got more done at that time but now I don't and I've just become I, I I feel like I have become lazier but when I was when I was working I was doing the podcast I was doing everything else you know the word you just mentioned sacrifice is so important because it's something that we're not willing to give uh, so much anymore because we live in such a comfortable society um, I, I myself, you know, I, I, I remember when I was at uni, uh, people would go out on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and I'd be like, actually, you know, I have to wake up at six or seven a.m. because I have a table tennis competition, or, or any, anything like that. But people don't actually see that side because you actually have to go to bed early, Armana. You have to wake up in the morning. So yeah, what, yeah. What, what are, what are the biggest sacrifices you think you've made over the last few years? That's a really difficult question. I I don't know what the biggest sacrifice is because I guess they are, at the end of the day, choices that I make. I choose exactly. to prioritise my running rather than going on a night out, for example. So for me, it's not a sacrifice because that's what I want to do. But I would say one of the hardest things with um, choosing to run and I train well for New York I was running seven times a week I had one rest day one double run day which leaves you when you then add in work and you add in some gym sessions that you need to do you have very little free time Mm. and I think it's very hard for your friends that are non-runners to understand that especially when I then add on the fact that I'm Instagramming and people will see that I've just made a post but I haven't had time to go for coffee with them and it it can be difficult to explain to people. Um, So I think, I wouldn't say it's a sacrifice, but I think that's one of the biggest hurdles. Yeah, I think you made a good point there as well. Like how, at what point is it a sacrifice? Because if you're doing it for yourself, if you're doing it for something you believe in, then really is it, is it really a sacrifice? Because ultimately you're doing it for yourself. But 
I I think one of the issues I find, Armana, is that, you know, Will Smith has, has always said that, you know, find the five people most close to you. And then those are the people who, who spur you on and, and get you going. Um, and I th- I th- that's something I've always like kept really close to my heart because I feel like, you know, my, my friends need to understand what I'm doing. They need to understand that I can't answer their calls all the time. I can't answer. I can't meet them on a weekend all the time. And if they understand that, that actually actually takes a burden off me um, because it can actually become a burden where you just like, oh, I have to answer this phone call now. And like, oh, I have to meet them. I have to do this. But that's not what friendship should be about. Right. It should be endless love and it should just come from your heart when, when you can. Yeah. When you wish. And I found that very difficult, Armana, especially over, you know, through univer- throughout university. Um, even as a doctor, uh, to find people who would understand me on that level and be like, actually, Meenal is very busy or Meenal has this and this to do. I get it, you know? Um, have you have you found that like that that difficulty as well? Because you have to put in a lot of mental energy into your running, into your work, into your role as an influencer. You only have very little left to give to other people, right? Yeah, and I think I've, massively struggled with that um previously if we were to rewind about four years ago I and you said to me hey do you want to record a podcast or hey do you want to go for coffee I'd say yeah how about in four or five weeks because I generally wouldn't have any time between now and four or five weeks Mm. because I was constantly back to back in myself and actually that's not very healthy because I think it's important to take some time out for yourself and just not to be in such a rush everywhere you go so you can be a bit more present Mm. in the places that you do go so a couple of years ago I promised myself that I'd make more time for myself and now I will say I'm busy on a Sunday afternoon and yeah I'm busy doing my own thing Mm. and making time for myself and I don't have a problem doing that now whereas previously I would have had a problem doing that and I find that often people can put a lot of pressure on you and they don't mean to do it but pressure to meet you or call you and things and actually you just simply don't have time and okay I could maybe fit it in at 9 or 10 p.m in the evening but then I've just been non-stop since 6am mm. so you you do have to find a balance and I think it can be hard and I do think there can be too much pressure sometimes from your friends and it, that can be difficult yeah no I agree on my I think it's, it's very difficult to find that balance because I've always been like the yes man like yeah I'll do it yeah it's yes 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 and it's only over the last few months really well not only with everything going on but my pregnancy has been another addition to to, to my life um, and obviously, I'm sure when I have the baby, it will be even more, more work yeah. for me. So I, I've made it, I'm, I'm trying to practice that discipline and say, actually, I don't have time today. If it's not urgent, let's try again an, another time. And I think friends who understand that, and I'm starting to value my friends more, actually, because they 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 come from a place of understanding. And I think that that means more to me. I'd rather have two friends who get it? Yes. Then have <laughs> same. Who then have a bunch of friends who just who just don't understand what's what's going on. But Armana, I actually haven't realised that it's been almost th- thirty minutes, and I still haven't got to my list of questions. <laughs> go on, go on. So, no, no, don't I, worry. I, I, we um, digress. It's, it's, it's all right. I'm I'm having such a great time talking to you. Um, but I I think one of the main the main questions I had, Armana, is that when I when I was started running in Gibraltar. I understand it's a smaller community. The population there is about 30,000. So it's like smaller than London itself. Oh, that is small, yeah. <laughs> but it does, it does, it does, it does have a very big South Asian community. 
Um, lots of people, especially from Mumbai and Pune, who've come to, to Gibraltar. Now, I remember when I was younger, my mom was very... It wasn't about my mom telling me to go run or to whatever. She was just like, wake up early, wake up on time. Like, just very traditional, wake up early and say your prayers and all that. Then I got to a point where I was like, if I'm waking up early, I might as well, you know, do something with it. So I started running. My brother runs as well. And we started going to these small competitions. It started off with 10Ks and then it went to half marathons and full marathons. And we realized that we were the only two brown people there. Um, despite living in a community where there were lots, where there are lots of brown people. Um, and at that time, I think I was too young for it to click, uh, for it to, for it to sort of give me an understanding of what's actually going on, that our representation isn't as big as maybe our Scandinavian counterparts or British counterparts. Um, and now when I saw you, like, especially on the front cover of a magazine, I was like, I felt so proud. I was like, this is amazing. Someone, if, if I saw you when I was 10 years old, it would have helped me so much, Right. Um, it would have given me so much of a, a boost to, to 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 pursue my dream of running. Um, how how did how did you feel when you started? Did you go through the same thing I did? Because not everyone does. Um, I mean, I asked you about if you if you had any issues as a runner, a South Asian woman. You were like, no, nah, actually, it's been great. <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what what it's been like for you. So that's so sweet of you, and I hope, I always hope that I will. If I could just inspire one other Asian woman to run, then that's amazing. Um, so I guess when I was growing up, I came from a really sporty background. My dad was actually a professional hockey player for India. So he was really big into sports and I was really bad at sports. <laughs> um, I wasn't making him very proud in that front. Um, and then I basically I did a school sports day one day and I won it by really quite far and I think it shocked my parents as much as it shocked me and from there I joined a local athletics club and I think I was really lucky growing up with my parents um in that they were quite liberal and so I knew when I was even from a young age I knew that I was lucky to be encouraged into sports and into running because I knew that a lot of other Asian women in my position their parents wouldn't necessarily encourage them to do that. So I always knew that I was lucky that my parents would take me three or four times a week to the local athletics club, go to my races and encourage me to run. But when I was at the local athletics club, when I was in my teens, there weren't really no other Asian girls there Mm. or Asian boys. In fact, I remember there was one Asian girl and she was a really talented, I think it was a triple jump. She was, um, And my mum would talk to her because obviously we kind of had the Asian thing in common. And she would always tell my mum how much her parents didn't approve of her going to the athletics club and spending her time doing that. And I remember my mum at the time used to always try and encourage her to come. And eventually she stopped coming because it, it wasn't encouraged. And from a young age, I think I was always aware that that was quite common and that I was lucky, like I said. I mean, I've said it about three times Mm. now how lucky I Mm. actually was. And so I knew I was a minority and I knew I was lucky. And I think it's really difficult when you look around in a sport and actually there's no one else like you and Mm. no one really to have as a role model. And now I hope that I can use my platform to 
okay, I'm not an elite athlete, but I would hope that it could encourage other Asian women to run because I think it's something that's quite difficult to do, for example, in India to actually, as a female, to run. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, when I used to go to India on my holidays, I'd be like, I'm going for a run. They're like, what? <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get attacked on the road <laughs> yeah I mean there's so many issues with it which yeah. is why you don't have any Indian marathon runners mm. or athletes as role models because if you just think of it from a practical point of view if you're a woman growing up in India firstly you have the pressures of family and children and that is seen as a priority so yeah. actually making time for yourself is is not something that's so widely encouraged over there. You then think about, okay, so here I would go out onto the streets and run, but there, the streets are really crazy busy. Mm. So is it safe from a practical point of view? Probably not. So then, okay, can you take your running inside? Well, no, actually, there's not that many gyms and the gyms that there are are really expensive. So you cut out such a large amount of the population because it's just not an accessible sport. And I think Mm. there's more being done in India now to make it more accessible. I see that there's a lot of um, Asian women only run groups and races and places reserved in races for women. So I do think it's um, getting better and hopefully that will help the sport and help the women. But Definitely growing up, it was um, very, very noticeable that there were no other Asian girls Mm. or women in the sport. And I think even now, when you go to a race, there might be a few Asian girls, but there's really not many even now. Mm. Mm. No, I I think it's it's quite interesting, Armana, because I've always seen running as something that requires the least amount of resources like just go out and run and we have that privilege to do that here in the UK um a lot of people as you mentioned in India actually now now that you actually said it out loud I actually realize that they have so they don't have the privileges we have I mean even even if they try to get to an athletics track they may have to drive 40 minutes or an hour it might be too far away from for them so um I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that in a country like India where we can produce a lot of good athletes. And this is a conversation I've always had with my parents for such a long time that the population is so big, but I don't see people of my color, of our skin color in on an international level so much, like football, uh, basketball, all these things, despite having such a big population. But I think we, we have to understand that the system is quite different there and we have to empathize in that way. And I, I think, I think there's a lot of good things happening down down there and change doesn't happen in one day it will take years to to manifest I agree I think there's a lot of obstacles in countries like India for women to run and actually for women in general if you think about how a woman is perceived in India it really has come a long way and Mm. hopefully like you say the change will take time and hopefully with more time we can see more more and more progress and we're definitely seeing it but if you then think about Asian women who live in Europe or the UK, for example, they still face obstacles because culturally, it's not always something that people agree with. I run in my shorts and my t-shirt or when it's really Mm. hot, even my crop top. And I'm fortunate enough that my parents have no issue with that. My brother has no issue with that. My friends and family have no issue with that. But there's a lot of um, Asian households which would not deem that appropriate. And you then have that mm. obstacle because as an Asian woman, do you really want to be running in a long sleeve top and long leggings in 30 degree heat in the summer in the UK? 
probably not. Mm. Um, so I think there's that obstacle. And then there's also the obstacle of in more traditional households, like I said, there is this pressure on the women to, and the pressure and responsibilities around family and children. And I've had a few women that have messaged me on Instagram that have said, one woman a couple of weeks ago said, oh, I'm living with my in-laws. Like I really love running and I'm trying to keep up my running, but they don't really see the benefits of it, but I'm really persevering at it. And I hope that I can continue to run. So I think there are obstacles mm. um, for Asian women, both living still in Asia and also living in other parts of the world. Yeah, and I think I think seeing people like yourself on, on a high platform as well is is very empowering, Armana. You know, like I really just want to say thank you for everything you do for our community. Really, um, it's a great. It's a great boost. And as I said, if I had you at the age of 10, I mean, it would have been even more helpful. But I think the, the main thing is, Armana, you know, just looking at what's happening around in the world right now, we've seen, we've seen a, a big part of society come to its true form. You know, we've seen yeah. racism, we've seen our political system. And, and one of the main things that I've learned from all of this, Armana, is that to make a change, you have to have conversation. Um, whether it's about racism or whether it's about running, you know, yeah. um, I think it's really important to, for these women who message you and say, I'm living with in-laws or parents who don't agree, sit down with them and ask them, like, what's actually, what's the issue? I remember, Armana, I wasn't allowed to wear a, a sleeveless top. So yeah, in my exactly. Athletic, in, in my athletics club, when they gave me my kit, I had to wear a you t-shirt and underneath. then... Yeah, and then wear my 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 vest on top because my mom. But now I can now it's fine. Now I can wear a vest; it's not not an issue. But it's taken years to get conversation for me to get to that point. Yeah, Um, and I think it's I think it's really challenging. And I think I think it's really nice when I do have other Asian women that message me um, and share their problems because okay, I don't personally have those restrictions from my family, but I'm aware of that community and I have that awareness to talk to them. And I think. Um, last year I was on the cover of Women's Running and I personally think it's really cool that actually they did put an Asian woman on the front cover Mm. because when you go to a newsagent or a magazine shop or you go into your local supermarket and you go to the magazine sections, I mean, realistically, how often do you see an Asian woman Mm. on the front of any magazine, let alone an athletics sporty magazine it's so rare and I think that's actually such a shame and we are so underrepresented that it 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 does wind me up a bit so I feel really proud that I was able to be on the cover of a magazine and actually hopefully other Asian women think yeah I can do that too because there's no reason why being an Asian woman should stop you doing any of those things so Armana, are you what what would you say to anybody who wants to start running or feels too afraid to start, whether they're South Asian or anybody generally, um, what what piece of advice would you give them? I would say you, you need to be determined and just do it and work out what your obstacles are and how you can overcome them. So if the obstacle is your family don't want you running down the street. Okay, can you join a gym and run in a gym? Or can you get a treadmill at home and run at home? Or can you run with other Asian women, maybe your sister or sister-in-law or something? And just find ways to overcome these obstacles because nothing is impossible. So 
if mm. there's an obstacle, we can overcome it. Uh, Amana, after talking to you, I want to go for a run now, but I can't. <laughs> well, be careful, you're pregnant. Maybe ask your pregnancy. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me, Armana. I I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I feel empowered as well. Um, and it's a nice sort of breath of fresh air to, to have this positive injection, actually. With all that's going on in the world, I think I really needed that today. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, no, and thank you for having me and uh, letting me share a bit of my story. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Meenal's World. As I said, uh, there's a lot going on, a lot happening around the world, but I, I'm i trying to get my head around it. And I'm trying to figure out how to use my platform to help you, who everybody who's tuning in. And I, I'd really love to have your feedback um, on what you want to talk about, what you want to learn. Um, because this is as much as a learning process for me as it is for you. And if you give me a topic, I'll be more than happy to read up on it because it gives me an opportunity to learn something new. So uh, you can email me. Uh, my email address is meanlsworldpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram as well at meanals underscore world. And I'm also on Twitter as well at meanlsworld. And you'll be able to, to see there's a bit of a difference between my Twitter and my Instagram. I feel like Instagram is more of a a flowery uh, <laughs> place, social place where we post nice things and it's not so political but my Twitter account can get quite riley and I, I can get quite uh, feisty on there so uh, do follow me on, on all these social media platforms as well and I'd love to hear your thoughts and thank you for tuning in for another week and thank you for being patient with me as well I'll see you all next week and I hope you're all safe and healthy 